0: Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to The Heart of Poker, sponsored by 888 Poker, a podcast that looks at the heart and soul of the people we love to record in our game. I use a modified list of the questions from the 36 Questions to Fall in Love study, developed 25 years ago by psychologists as part of an experiment to see if they could make total strangers fall in love with a kind of shortcut for getting to know someone on a deeper level fast. My guest this time is poker pro Katie Lindsay. With more than $2 in total online earnings, she is a ferocious player who has been part of the poker industry in a number of capacities for years. Off the felt, Katie is very generous. She gives great advice, especially if that advice is about cocktails, drag shows, or shopping. um, On the felt, I've actually had the experience of sitting with her at the poker table a couple of times, and I can tell you that while she will absolutely ruthlessly take all of your chips, she'll also make sure that you're having so much fun, you almost don't even mind. I mean, almost. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Katie.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Well, when this airs, the World Series will be kind of just past the halfway point, but right now it's not even started. So what are you feeling kind of going into the World Series? It basically starts tomorrow for you.
1: I'm super excited because I haven't played in a couple of years, obviously through COVID and everything. I had a little bit of a break, so I'm really excited to be back. Anxious, excited. And also it's kind of a weird thing with it being at a new location, so you feel like You feel almost like a first-timer that anyone else does because in the past, you know where to go, you know everything, and now you're coming into something not having a clue just like (laughs) everyone else.
0: Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, you're all going to be starting – Like this week, basically, but I'm not going to get there until the main event. So as soon as I see it, I think I'm going to be having that whole, oh my God, (laughs) wow, like this is so bizarre. And you'll all be completely jaded by that point and just have like no time for that, I think. (laughs) By the time the World (laughs) Series ends in the summer, right? Like for people who haven't played an entire series,
1: like what, what is that like? Exhausting, draining, yeah, um, exciting. I mean, obviously poker poker's so funny too because it depends how your summer's going. Are you winning? Yeah. Are you losing? Is your partner and that obviously with myself being married to another professional player, that adds a whole nother dynamic to it. Mm. How are they doing? And so it depends. But you know, kind of a cool ritual Chris and I have started is after the end of the summer, we take a great vacation and we say no poker, although usually with him it's kind of impossible to say no poker but <laughs> we try and we try to go to different fun locations each time and i'm already like planning and excited about our one we're doing this year after the series so it's mm. something to, to, to look forward to even if it doesn't go good you're like you know what life's good and again it's always about perspective i think that's an important thing to have in poker you know yeah. i mean we're we're so fortunate that we're even able to do this for a living so it's like always you have to keep that perspective even if things are going bad
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, we're going to start off with, you know, the, the easier questions, the less kind of personal questions, but it does get a bit more progressively personal as we go on. Um, let's start with this one. You have a lot of, you have a lot of friends who have, you know, certain amounts of fame. Did you ever want to be famous growing up and has the, the level of fame that you've already achieved in poker ever interfered
1: with your life? So I have absolutely zero desire to be famous. I hate yeah. everything about it for myself. I've always had the mentality of like when I was an agent and doing the sponsorship deals, I wanted to make everyone else famous. I wanted to like yeah, put them in the spotlight. I want to be in the background like the stage mom. Like that's very me. I'm, <laughs> I'm the stage mom. I do not want the attention. And most people would be shocked because I'm very outgoing. If you put me at a party, I'll be working the room meeting everybody because I love yeah. people but then if you put a camera on me or if you like, you know, in a comedy show, if they stop and put the attention on me, I think I might die. That's just like ah. how it is for me. It's most people are so surprised to hear that. And almost, I feel like people don't even believe me when I say it, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, it is, I do not like any kind of like massive group attention, individualized attention. I love but massive group attention. I hate, so no, no desire huh. to be famous. And I still find it weird. Cause like, I don't, I don't like think of myself as someone anyone would like care about, knowing about, I don't know. It's because I just (laughs) have never put myself out there like that. But now it's, it is exciting. Or like if I'm doing well, or if I tweet about it and the support from people, it's just like, oh my God, it like, it makes me want to cry. It's just so amazing and incredible. And so like that side of it is so cool to see like people cheering Mm -hmm. you on that don't even know you. And that means so much to me.
0: Yeah, it's funny because when I asked you to come on the podcast, I was really hoping you'd say yes. But part of me thought that you might say no, and and you even said to me, "You're like, ah, <laughs> I mean, it's you, and I'm glad." But so, yeah, I know you're pretty private, but whenever we've been together at a poker event, you're right. It's like you kind of light up the room, and you make sure that you know everyone's having a really good time. I've played um, ladies' events with you before, where like. The pink champagne was flowing. And by the way, I'm yeah. having a glass right now in your honor, and I know it's the morning there, so you can't join me. But
1: <laughs> later, later, <laughs> yeah,
0: you can have you can have your tea, and it'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's take this next one then. Um, it's a bit more open ended, so just kind of take four minutes and tell me your life story in as much detail as you can do in four minutes. Just give people at home kind of an idea of who you are.
1: Um, okay. So yeah, I grew up in Florida and. I feel like where things kind of really like started and becoming interesting for me was in high school. Um, I love to learn. I love new things, new people, new experiences. And I found high school really boring. I wasn't challenged. And when I was a freshman, some of my friends were seniors and I saw they were going to community college at night and they were getting to leave high school early. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. So you only have to show up in the morning and then you could just leave and have the afternoon off and go take a course at night. So at 14, I took business law <laughs> with my senior friends. So I was like, I was like, what was I doing at that age in business law? And I got C, which was probably one of my worst grades. But hey, I passed. Wow. Um, but it, it it was so exciting. And I love that. And then from there, um, I just started taking, you know, I did English 1101, 1102 psychology. I started taking all the college courses in the evening to the point where I was barely even going to high school. Mm. And then my sophomore, or excuse me, my end of my junior year, I went to my guidance counselor and I was like, I'm so bored. Like, what can I do? And they're like, well, you know, you could just go full time to the community college here and not even have to come to high school. So I started thinking, I was like, so if I can do that, why can not I just, I wanted to go to Florida State University. My brother was living up there. I had friends going there. So I thought, well, if I can do it at the community college here in my hometown, which is a small town, why can not I just go ahead to college? So I did, I applied, I got accepted and I left at um, 16, just turning 17 because my birthday's in June and went up to college. And people always said to my parents, like, oh my gosh, like, how did you oh, let wow. your, your young daughter go? <laughs> my parents were like, well, we already put two guys through college. We were done. We were, we were good. We were, we've been parents a long time. We were okay. And they trusted well. me and they knew I was mature. And yeah, so it was pretty crazy. Like I pretty much graduated high school when I was already up at Florida state in college. Like they mailed me my diploma. I never Correct. walked my high school graduation. Um, so that was kind of interesting, but made it really fun. And I mean, and also at the time I had thought maybe I was going to like try to go to Ivy league back in the, like back when I was in high school, I thought maybe I'd apply, but in the end, mm-hmm. I'm really glad I did do it this way. And honestly, I got an education in like social intelligence at Florida State because it was such a social school, um, which I think long-term, I mean, I believe that's helped me and, you know, helped me in different businesses I've started and things I've done since, but yeah. So went to college, graduated, that was great. Um, and started getting into poker, Right about when I was graduating college um, was when MoneyMaker won, and I had watched that and was so captivated by that story. Like it was right out of a movie. You know, it's you got Farhad with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth, Mm -hmm. and MoneyMaker's dad. I've like that sentence where he said, "You did it, my son." When he won, like I've never Um. forgot that. It just really resonated with me, and so yeah, it made me want to play, and I just started playing online and learning more about it, and really enjoyed it, and moved to Los Angeles shortly after college. and I then started, you know, writing for a poker magazine. I just got myself got my foot in the door and found any way I could get into poker. And and huh. then from there, started my agency. I ended up having thirty clients before Black Friday. Where I had twenty pros mm-hmm. and ten celebrities, and it was fun. I always trying new things. I did, you know, big sponsorship deals with like Skull Candy and like bigger brands, trying to bring new brands outside of poker into poker. And yeah, it was a really fun time. And then from there, doing that. Um, Black Friday kind of ended that almost, mm. you know, all the sites shut down. My clients all asked the sponsorship. So I had to regroup. I mean, I was like turning 30 and it was like, now what? <laughs> it's all I've known is poker, yeah. but I'd stopped playing as much. I was focusing on the business side because my business took off. But then all of the a sudden, I mean, it was just like rug pulled out from under you. Uh, one day you wake yeah. up, it was all gone. And That must
0: have been an enormous loss. Like how do you deal with that kind of sense
1: of loss? Well, it's funny you say that because this is something I've had to learn as I've got older is the only way out is through, which is such a great quote, I think. And I went around it. I did not go through it. I just thought, oh, well, it's gone. Now what? What are you going to do? I'm not going to cry over it. But life doesn't work like that. You have to mourn. (laughs) Yeah. You have to work through it. You have to mourn. And, you know, I kind of feel like I learned that lesson the hard way because it came back up later where I had to process the emotions of Mm. losing this whole company I'd built and the success I'd built for myself and, you know, kind of losing overnight. I had to work through it. But yeah, I mean, at that time, I just, oh, well, moved on and and, uh, you know, worked on some other businesses mm-hmm. with some of my clients and stuff. And and then I ended up meeting Chris um, at the World Series. I had been out in Vegas. Another fun fact unknown about me for a minute, I owned the Miss Nevada pageant. Because oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my poker clients was Shayna Mokler, and she was Miss USA, uh-huh. and she wanted to get in the business and have Miss Nevada, and so she, she's amazing. She, when she saw I went through out poker, she's like, "You're a businesswoman. Come work with me." And so wow. I helped her with that and Nevada, and yeah, we started Two Blondes Productions, and um, yeah, we owned the Miss Nevada pageant. So I was actually out in June working on a new venue for the pageant, and the World Series was just starting. So. Um, I had gone out with friends and ended up meeting Chris and yeah, kind of uh-huh. crazy. The rest is history. And, and yeah. And then just obviously through him, we were always, poker was such a part of life. We're always talking poker right. and he encouraged me to start playing more and I did and had some success and I've really enjoyed it. And I'm just kind of in the mentality of, I want to do something until I don't enjoy it when I don't. Right. it's like, okay, what next? And uh, yeah. And so for now I enjoy that, but I'm always like, you know, I'm always kind of like, have my hands in different things. I actually just, mm. um, did a whole show that I, we have put out and hoping to sell and it's with some important people right now. So fingers crossed that that will sell mm. and then I'll see what capacity I want to be involved in this show with that. And yeah, but I'm always kind of doing something cause I like like just trying all different things, you know? Yeah. Well, considering how much success
0: you had so young as well, like <laughs> you must have super high expectations for yourself.
1: Oh my God. I am so hard on myself. It's
0: yeah.
1: it's insane. And I think poker, a lot of people will have this as well. Playing poker, sometimes you go, What am I doing? What am I contributing to this world? Like what what am I giving? Because sometimes you mm. feel like you're just sitting here playing some cards. And so I think it's a thing a lot of people struggle with. And that is why I do like to like keep trying different things to keep it fresh and make sure that I am like contributing yeah. something in some way to the world. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're always like, I could be doing better. I could be doing better. And It's tough. I mean, especially in poker, you know, it's like, I remember like I bust a tournament and I come to Chris and say, oh, I bet they're all talking about how terrible I am. And he said, Katie. No one's worried about you. They're thinking about themselves. And I said yeah. that is the nicest thing you could have ever said to me, actually, because <laughs> it took that pressure that I that was unnecessary. I was putting on myself to try to like be perfect. And man, anytime like a great player tells me a terrible hand he plays, I'm yeah. like, oh, I
0: feel so much better. It's not just yes. me. So. <laughs> uh, there's that um, the one year at the World Series main event for the final table, and Phil Ivey folded. I think he folded a flush because he misread his hand. And I think like poker players all over the world saw that and just kind of breathe just I of relief like yeah like anybody can do that it's okay because we do have a tendency to hold ourselves to such a high standard and also because the poker community can sometimes you know hold people to a really high standard of poker play and you know there's a lot of value and entertainment for a lot of people and kind of pulling things apart so yeah, yeah I, I, I remember well. yeah exactly it makes it a lot harder I think personally. Yeah. I mean, I think,
1: I think we are scrutinized in a weird way. It's like, it's such a bizarre thing. It's like, people expect you not to be good because you're a woman, but then they scrutinize you more because you're a woman. And it's just like, so which is it? Are we already assumed terrible because we're a woman? Are we assumed that we should be better? Like it's a, it's a weird (laughs) dynamic of like, that you're fighting against. Like yeah it's a no
0: win situation in yeah. that bit definitely um now i think with my first ever guest was actually your now husband chris mormon and we did talk about when you guys met and the whole kind of story so if anyone has not heard chris's side of that you should definitely go and listen to that first episode because it is brilliant and he's really good and funny in it as well and tells a lot of really good stories but he talks about how you know there was kind of one moment when you guys were pretty new still And he asked you to take care of, like, this bag of money. Oh, yeah. And you were just like (laughs) – I mean, never do that again. And he says you like you basically almost slapped him and were like, I will deal with this now, but never do that with anyone else ever
1: again. Like Oh yeah, he had just known me a week and handed me a backpack with a hundred thousand dollars in it. It's like Can you take this back to my house. And I just said, <laughs> Man, you can't do that. Like Yeah. But I mean, I was used to these guys being an agent because I mean right. I, I remember like a boyfriend I had at the time that wasn't in poker and I get a phone call at two in the morning and I'm rushing to my phone, What's going on? And he's like, Where do I buy a mattress? I'm like, oh my God, it's 2 AM, a mattress (laughs) store. Don't, I mean, it's just like, you know, and I was their agent, not their manager, not their assistant, but like they just (laughs) are so kind of helpless sometimes poker players that I was used to these kind of guys that don't always think first, you know, they just kind of go. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So now for you, what would be
0: the perfect way to celebrate after a tournament win or what would be kind of like your perfect
1: day? Um, I think just being with friends, that's just Mm. makes me so happy and a good cocktail, of course. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's just the thing. And I think it's so incredible too. Like I've seen, you know, in either myself having successes or Chris, I mean, everybody's just there on the rail cheering you on. You feel Mm. it. It's genuine. And that is a big thing. You have to keep accountability with yourself for in poker is not having that jealousy of like, Oh, they're winning. Why am, why am I not? And making sure that you Enjoy your friends' successes with them because, like, it's going to come for all this. You have to, like, celebrate it with your friends when they have it too.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think having a partner who is also in poker, it it is that kind of double-edged sword because you get twice as many of the, you know, the big celebration moments. But you also kind of have to deal with the downside of it as well, like – like when one of you is up and one of you is down, is that harder than when, you know, because everyone goes through downswings. It's a completely normal part of variance. Is it harder to have one up and one down than to both be going through a downswing at the same time? Like, how do you even deal with that?
1: I think it's better at least if someone's winning because like, I know like, you know, Chris, you know, in recent times, he had been on kind of a downswing and felt frustrated and he had said, I'm so glad you're doing good. At least like that makes me feel better. And it gives Mm. them, you know, he'll say like, I'm motivated. You're out there. You keep cashing everything. Like I want to do that. Like it motivates me and and I don't know, like I have a different mentality at the table. Like, listen, I'm not saying it's right, but some people come in, they're like, no alcohol and no this, no that, and <laughs> I know that doesn't work for me actually because right. I get anxiety. And where I'm on a hundred sober, like actually a glass of like wine or you know whatever tequila <laughs> that'll bring me down to like I'm a, being a more normal human being. Mm. <laughs> when some people you know it makes them jump Me, it's just like okay, it evens me a little bit. Like Chris will say, maybe you should just have a glass of wine, <laughs> you know, so you can like <laughs> calm down a little bit, but. Yeah. I mean, mm. I think definitely that if somebody else is doing good, you know, it does, it helps you to be like, okay, I want to go do this. And you know, he'll say too, I see you having fun at the tables. That motivates me to like mm. loosen up and have a good time and realize how fortunate we are to be here. Because yeah, I think too, like, it sounds strange, but like for me, okay, I get dressed up and I'm out there and I'm having a drink. It's like, okay, well, if I bust, at least still, like, I'm socializing, hmm. I'm having a cocktail, I'm having fun. But if you put it and make it only all about poker winning, <laughs> which is so hard to do, most of the time we're not going to cash, we're not going to win. That's not how poker works. So yeah. if you make it only about this one goal of just, I have to go and win, we're going to be let down so often.
0: More but if often. you like,
1: Yeah. So if you like look at it differently, like, okay, I'm going to go there and try to have a good time and maybe meet someone new and hear someone's amazing story and have a drink and eat a great meal on dinner break. If you make it about that, then it's a more positive experience regardless of Mm. what the outcome of winning or losing is.
0: Yeah. That's actually something I really love about you and kind of always have is you are laser focused when it comes to business and when you're playing poker, but you're also really like just completely unapologetic about wanting to enjoy yourself and the things that you like and just being like, this is fun and I want to have fun and kind of making that okay for the people around you because it can be so serious sometimes. And I think especially sometimes for some women in a a game like poker or other kind of male-dominated fields, we can feel like if we do things that are considered traditionally feminine or whatever, like frivolous almost, that we'll get more flack for it. And I I hate that. I genuinely (laughs) hate that because... We should like what we like. we should enjoy what we enjoy. and i I love that. And when I sat down and I was playing with you and we were having champagne, and it was super good fun, that for me, I think it was a London event, like yeah, maybe four four years ago. yeah, and I had had more fun playing that than I had in such a long time, and it kind of reminded me of like I don't have to sit down and be silent and just like like rack my brain for this and worry about that, like just actually starting to have fun again with it. So yeah, Yeah. that is something I really appreciate about you.
1: Thank you. And we have to yeah. respect that everybody has a different process, you know, totally. I'm not saying it's wrong the people that stay sober and focus, laser focus and no. know, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying we all have to appreciate that we all do it differently and it's okay if we each have our own method of yes. <laughs> surviving <laughs> the madness, you know?
0: Oh my God. Yes. And I, how boring it is when everybody tries to do the same thing. Like even when just, you know, poker players all start dressing the same, <laughs> like, you're just like, well, there was that whole like scarf thing where the Europeans were all wearing scarves. And so like, lot of American poker players started wearing scarves and, you know, or like the hoodies or whatever. It's like kind of branch out, be yourself a little more, be the individual. I, I don't know. I Listen, think, I'm I think just there's trying a
1: lot of to, value. I'm just trying to get them out of sweatpants, you know, it's <laughs> like, hey, you leave the house. Let's put a real pair of pants on. That's all I'm asking you. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you know, basketball shorts. Okay. But I mean, maybe we can just try actual shorts with a button and zipper. Just level and it up. <laughs> yeah. Level it up. Just a little. <laughs> um. So what do you want most out of life?
0: Like what would make you think... At the end of your life, like, yeah, I did this right.
1: I'm really happy about that. Just happiness. I mean, honestly, Mm. that's it. And I do believe happiness is a choice. And I'm such a like, you know, I was at the gym this morning, my trainer, she was really upset about different things. And I said to her, I'm like, but there are things you can't control, but there are things you can. So start with those. If you're unhappy, change the Mm. things you can change. And I remember this once, like, at one point, you know, when I was writing for the magazine and I had worked out a really great deal where, um, I, my work hours were really low and they paid me a good amount. I remember a friend who was like having a nine to five saying, Oh, I wish I had your life. And my reply was, why don't you, you know, because I had a job I didn't like, and now I put myself Mm -hmm. in a better position. Like we have the power to change at least something, start small, change something that makes you unhappy, you know? So, I mean, that's it. I think I just like want to look back and know, like I always, you know, did the things that were driving me towards being happy and being a good Mm -hmm. person. I mean, that's, you know, that kind of stuff, like just, yeah. Live right. And, and, you know, it's like, obviously we're only a certain age at a certain time and the things we like. So like right, right now I like traveling or, you know, going and doing these things. So I'm going to spend my money on that and enjoy that. Like, mm. you know, I mean, I think like just yeah, enjoy it while you can, and and live life what's there. And I hate limitations. I hate you know the idea of like I can't go there because of this because you know right. blah blah. It's like if even if I have a workout plan and somebody's like do you want to go do something fun, I'm like all right, I will work this out so I can get my workout in and then come have fun. Like I'm never going to mm. miss something because of like a regimented rule. I I hate that. Right? Like right. I just want to leave myself open to like where life takes me. Hmm. I love that. So is music part of your everyday life? Do you have like a certain amount of music or a certain type of music that you listen to? I love music. I'm such a musical person. Like I'm so inspired by music. I grew up classically trained piano player. So I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I played for a while, but again, this this goes back to exactly what kind of person I am. My mom would want me to go perform at recitals and I would get up there and my hands were shaking and I was so uncomfortable and I hated playing for other people. I didn't want to do it. And it's one of those funny things where you have to realize like, we're not all performers. Like, this doesn't make me happy. I don't want to go perform. I just want to, like, sit in my room and play my piano and, like, jam out yeah. with myself. So, yeah, I love music. Like everything I do, it's like you know, if I'm, if I'm cooking, for example, I'm making Italian food. All right, I got my Italian playlist on. Or nice. maybe we're making tacos. I've got my mariachi music going. Like <laughs> I love themed music. I love all kinds. I listen to pretty much everything. Maybe so your life country. has a soundtrack. You're like, yes. You like, yeah, a soundtrack to your life. <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> yes, percent. But such a musical person. I love music so much.
0: Huh. Is, are there any like musical acts that you've seen more than once live that you love, love, love?
1: Oh man. That's a funny thing. Have I seen – well, back in the day, I was such a big Tori Amos fan because she's an incredible piano player, and that was where, like, I was playing classical, and I'm listening to Tori Amos and going, I want to rock out like Tori. Like, that was what – you know, I was like, I don't want to play Bach and Beethoven anymore. Like, I want to play jazz and blues and Tori Amos and stuff. So I did go see her a lot when I was younger, really inspired by her. But Mm. now I'm also, like, trying to go see new acts, and something that's really cool is, like, you know, people always like spend their money on different things. Like to me, I love like socializing food or experiences or this, but another thing that I don't mind spending a lot on is like good concert ticket seats. Um, Right. So like, we're looking to go see Elton John's final ever show ever. And I'm like, okay, I want to go like fourth row center and you know, the ridiculous cost. But it's like, to me, something like that's priceless. Like, he's, you know, someone I love, I saw him once in Vegas. It was amazing. I'd love to go see him. Chris has never seen him. So oh. Yeah. Like Winsall Hall of Notes, front row, center, you know, oh, just wow. it's so fun. Like I, that's my thing. Like if I'm at a concert, it's, I don't want to be all the way at the back. Cause I feel like I'm <laughs> listening on a speaker. Like I want to be right there in the mix. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, speaking
0: of Chris, um, what would your partner Chris or your best friend say is your most annoying
1: habit? Um, I'm a control freak for sure. Like I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> I know <laughs> I don't like to be out of control. It gives me so much anxiety. It's like if you like say we're going to this party. I'm like, okay, I need to know. Can I get like okay? Here's an example. EDC. I'm like, I'm not going to EDC. I don't know how I'll get out of there. I like, what if there's traffic? I don't want to get stuck out there. Like, can I sit down? Can I wear heels? Like, is it gonna be too hot. Absolutely not. That's just way too much of stuff out of my control, right? <laughs> so like, Are you, I think done you Burning Man then? No. I'm not, going, like to not going to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I'd have to like helicopter in have my own like trailer with I would it would defeat the whole purpose of what, you know. Right. What my friends actually said they were going to get married there just to make me come. I was like, "Huh?" Well, listen, I would be in and out in one day and I would have to have everything (laughs) pre-organized to make sure I was comfortable because like, I'm not a camper. I'm not going out, laying out in the woods. Like this is just, you know, we know who we are and I'm okay with that. (laughs) That is who I am. But one thing I think is cool too, I like to think about is my biggest weaknesses. I also think are sometimes what make my biggest strengths. So like I'm a control freak, but I also think that makes me really good in business and makes me get, get stuff taken care of and get stuff done. So, you know, we have to look at that. We have to look at our weaknesses and also be appreciative of them, which makes us stronger.
0: Oh, I think so for sure. And I think, you know, getting older, that is kind of one of the lessons that I have learned or am learning or whatever is to not kind of see myself as such a, I don't know, almost not two dimensional, but like kind of limited in that way where I am this, therefore that, you know, like Mm -hmm. I am a control freak, therefore I'm going to, you know, stress out about things. It's like, no, actually there's a lot more to it and kind Mm of opening up your eyes to the, like, I don't know, the many possibilities of what the different things actually mean. So you can actually see the good in them as well, because, you know, we're lots of different things. And I, I just, I feel like sometimes we have a tendency as people, as humans to kind of narrow ourselves down into labels. And we do that to each other for sure. But I do right. think we kind of do it to ourselves because it's maybe sometimes more comfortable to be like, I'm this person. I'm like this or, you know, whatever. So well, we you even know, do that I, with like horoscope signs.
1: Know. Yeah. Like yeah, we'll say sure. I'm this sign that makes that therefore I'm this, you know, yeah, and, which right. sometimes, sometimes that can't be true for sure. But yeah, putting yourself in a box, that's like what you're saying is yeah. that I hate that idea. I, I, I'm not going to be in a box. I'm going to be on top of the box, on the side of the box, carrying the <laughs> box in the box sometimes, but like right. all parts yes. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um,
0: if you could wake up tomorrow, having gained any single quality or ability, what would it be?
1: Oh man. Oh my gosh, this is hard.
0: (laughs) It's a tough one. For me, I would uh, – I'd want to be able – and I've said this before, I'm sure, but I'd want to be able to understand and speak every language.
1: Oh, well, there you go, 100%. I, right? That's, like that languages. access
0: to people and cultures and just never having to – because I always live in foreign countries and I don't know why I do this to myself and one day I'll figure it out. <laughs> but, you know, being able to actually speak the language of the country I live in would just be incredible. So, yeah. Well, that's
1: a big thing. That's such a good one to say because I agree with that. And anytime we've traveled somewhere, I'm always like, okay, I have to learn at least a couple of things. A couple of things I can say. Mm, yes, you know, I remember. Everybody would complain, or well, at least Chris, like the English don't like the French because they guess they don't <laughs> like each other. I don't know. But like, I love Paris. Like, I love France. Oh, yes. But the biggest thing I learned, je suis des jean pas français, parlez vous anglais, which is I'm sorry. I don't speak French. Yes. Do you speak English. And everyone was so nice to me and they would say, thank you for trying. And like, they appreciated, like, you know, nice. that little bit. Okay. So everywhere I go, I do. I try to learn, you know, a little bit of each language that I can contribute in some way. And we actually, we bought a house in Mexico and I was fluent. I minored in Spanish in college and I did it in mm-hmm. high school as well. Um, but then I didn't speak it for like 10, 15 years. I forgot so much of it. So now I'm on Duolingo. I think I'm on like day 560 in a row. Huh. And I study my Spanish every single day. And it's fun. Cause like, I'm really hard on myself as we talked about earlier, but I also can see ways I'm getting better. And I actually was just yeah. in Mexico a couple weeks ago and like easily having, you know, fluent conversations. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, this is a lot easier than last time I was here. I see the improvement, nice. but yeah, definitely. Like language is so hard. And especially as you're an adult, it's so hard. So that would be an incredible thing to be able to have, like, to be speak any language. But then also like if everybody could do it, it wouldn't be that same federal <laughs> factor, right? Like True. I think it's, it's the really idea. It yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because for me, I've been living in Italy on and off for a really long time, and I am actually finally getting to a place where I'm, like, pretty good at this. I can speak the language, and I can be understood, and I can do things that are, like, that are difficult. I had people here doing renovations. That's difficult, right? Yeah. So, obviously, by the time this uh, podcast comes out, I will have moved to a different foreign country. I'm moving back to Slovenia, where I don't speak the language, where I did start, and then I had to move to Italy. So, I'm going to – I like, I just <laughs> – I do wonder what it is about me that does this, so (laughs) it's something I have to figure out in myself. But yeah, if I could
1: actually just speak Slovenian with like the click of a finger, oh, please. And you know what it probably is too? We're both such communicative people, and so the idea Mm. that you can't easily communicate with someone, especially in their language, I think that's like, oh, it kills me. I want to be able to like chit-chat with you and the fact that it's not flowing. And I never want to be someone that goes into someone else's country and it's like, speak English. And it's like, no, how dare I? I should be trying to speak your language. You know, so definitely I'm with exactly. you on
0: that. That's exactly how I feel about it. And like, but the idea of now having to go back and relearn what I already learned in Slovenian and then forgot because I moved mm. to Italy is just like, I am, yeah, I'm dreading that a little bit, but honestly, I don't see any other way around it because it feels so incredibly rude for me to live in another country and not try and not try to make that effort.
1: So, but you are trying I, and they notice yeah. that and appreciate it. I mean, yeah. it, it literally is just like, even just small words little yeah. conversational words. I mean, I think it's so appreciated that people can see oh, you're sure. trying. You're not for just sure. coming in like, you speak English, <laughs> you know, like demanding. It's like, hey, I'm trying. Am I broken? You know? Uh, what language is that there? Uh,
0: Slovenian and it has like Slovenian, a million huh. yeah different tenses and forms and everything is like it's it's one of the most complicated languages that I, I've ever even heard of. Yeah. And I did a linguistics degree and I just like yeah, it's going to be something else. But I have to learn it because I also have a, a kid who's going to be, right. you know, going to schools and I kind of need to know what she's talking about with her friends. Like, But she can help you maybe, you
1: know, have her yeah, kind of like as she's learning, loving.
0: you can learn with her. That's true. Yeah. That is true. She's going to be zooming past me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so for what in your life do you feel most grateful?
1: I mean, family and friends, you know, I think that's definitely such a big part of it. Um, I just... I feel fortunate, you know, not everybody gets the opportunity to grow up with opportunity, I guess. Yeah. You know, and so I just think I'm so lucky and, you know, I don't know what it's like, like what so many people that I've had to struggle. I just like, it's just hard to even imagine. It makes me feel terrible. And then, then, you know, you feel that like guilt of like, why me? I always like think about that in life. Like, why are some people, you know, born disabled? You know, why are some Mm. people born into such terrible situations? Like, you know, children that have to grow up in abuse. Like I don't, I cannot process, like, why do some people get to grow up so fortunate? Others don't, I don't understand it. Um, And I don't know that, you know, we ever could or will, but I think (laughs) the important thing is to have gratitude of what you do have. And that's all the time where it's like, I'm not going to complain about a bad beat. Like, yeah, you might for a second. And then it's like, hello, wake up call. You are Hmm. so fortunate. So I think it's just like, you know, recognizing that. um, Yeah. And, and with that, like I said earlier, just like having great, family and great support system mm-hmm. of friends and having people around you that love you. And yeah, I mean, so grateful for that.
0: Hmm. Are you happy
1: with where you are right now? Like yeah. generally? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. seem it. You really seem it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I was gonna say, isn't that the ultimate goal? Maybe not for everybody. For me, it is. Yeah. finding for me peace, too. Happiness. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Cause that's like, that's when we're capable to do anything. If we're content with ourselves, you know, if yeah. you're unhappy, I think it's really hard to do much of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is like a big ultimate goal and like, yeah, checking in with yourself and where are you at? And like, oh, right. this doesn't make me happy. I'm not going to do this. This does make me happy. You know, I'm going to look more at this and mm. yeah. Hmm.
0: So we were talking a little bit about friends before. Do your friends tend to be people you've known for a really long time or do you kind of make friends pretty easily? Both.
1: People yeah. do. I mean, I make like a new best friend every night. I go out. Um, <laughs> and like Chris always says, man, people are always just telling you things like your their whole life story. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm, I'm trying to go to a massage and relax. I came home. He's like, how was your massage? I was like, oh, she's going through a divorce. And um, yeah, she doesn't. And he's like, you. Is this is first time at that masseuse. I was like, mm-hmm. He's like, What? Well, how do you know that? I was like, oh Yeah, I don't God, know. Yeah. We just started talking and yeah, she just like told me all about everything going on. <laughs> and I was just oh, like, so. Yeah, like every Uber driver, I know their entire life story by the time I get out of that Uber. Like Yeah, because like I said, it's funny, you know, some people say that people drain them. People actually give me energy. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. I'm so energized by people, so long as they're good people, but um and I'm a fixer, you know, so people tell problems, I'm very like, <laughs> Okay, well let's see. why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? And like but also that's the thing where I'm trying to learn when people come to you, do they want to just vent or do they want advice? Right. And I love that yeah. idea because I'm a fixer and I have to remember sometimes people don't want to be fixed. They just want to complain. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I'm not a complainer. I'm a fixer. It's like glass <laughs> is half full. It is not half empty. Like, you know, I'm always trying to find the bright side of everything or like yeah. if something is I wrong. Just, yeah. What is yeah. that? What's your next tip? Where can you go with this? <laughs> yeah. Cause to me, it feels like, yeah. what is the point of wallowing? Like that does nothing right. for anyone. So like, I don't want to wallow. I just want to like, what's my problem? And let's fix it. And yeah.
0: so yeah.
1: what was the original question? I don't even remember.
0: <laughs> Just about how like your friends, whether they're kind of the people you've known since. Oh, right. Or, yeah. So yeah, I was it's, gonna a, say it's a combination. Baseball, but- From community college.
1: Yeah. It's a combination. I'm about to have like a big birthday party. And so I have like, you know, friends coming out that I've known like almost 20 years. And and then I'll have friends there that I met last week. I mean, I'm not kidding. We went Mm -hmm. to like a magic show in Vegas and made friends with a magician and invited him to my birthday. It's just like, (laughs) it's very standard for me. Nice. Well, what do you value most in friendships? Like, is
0: there a common kind of characteristic in people that you seek out or that you appreciate?
1: Um, I think like honesty and trust. And I think that's in a lot of relationships. Like I don't do like Unhealthy relationships where I d- I don't do friendships where you feel like you walk out of the room and they would be talking about you. Right. I don't do yeah. friendships like that. I don't talk about anyone bad close in my life. If I have a problem with you, I'm coming right at you to be like, Kara, mm-hmm. you did this and it upset me, and this is how I feel. I would never I go, would you know, to someone else and be complaining about you. It's like I'm going to come yeah. right to you and can we solve this? And if we can't, maybe we should move on in our friendship. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that I just I, I do see. not like. Ne- I don't like that negativity. I don't like and and I'm very aware of if I see people doing it about other people, it's like I'm going to steer clear from that person because if they're doing it about them, they're going to do it about me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. It's always a sign of like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a big red flag. Huh?
1: And it's fun now. I think like at our age, as we're getting older that I just go, yeah, I don't have time for that. I just like, you know, I remember once I was like having a party and someone, can can I invite this person? I said, no, I'm good. Thank you. (laughs) You know? And it's like, I'm old enough to get to decide. I just don't want. you know, toxic people around me. I I get to decide that and that's okay. And people grow and people change and who may be toxic for me may not be toxic for them, but it's like we get to decide that I just, I don't want that energy in my life anymore.
0: Yeah, life is too short to be like unhappy in ways mm-hmm. that we don't have to be. Like you were saying before, if there is something, there's not always something that we can do to fix things. Like sometimes situations are just really messed up mm-hmm. and you know, that is just the way it is. But there are sometimes, usually there's even something small that we can do, even a decision to have someone not in your life. And I just, yeah, I I, I don't want to choose to be unhappy or to not make mm-hmm. a choice
1: and be unhappy. I just, ugh. You know what's so funny? I've thought about this too. Think about the idea of like your friends dating a bad guy, and you're like, "They're such a bad guy." But then I'm like, "There is someone out there for them that maybe will make them not a bad guy." Like it's it's such a thing I think about because it's like I think there's somebody for everybody. But I'm like, "Wow, this guy's such a bad guy." But like probably because he was a bad guy for you, and he probably won't be a bad guy for someone else. And like that's why I just like to think about stuff like that, where it's like how we all can like fit in our own places, and like other people can make people better people, but they're maybe not good for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about this one now? Um, what is your most treasured memory?
1: Um I mean, my wedding obviously was just oh. an incredible day. Such a celebration. It's just like it's something you just like put so much energy and time and planning, and then mm. you get everyone together. And then to have like Chris's dad from England dancing on the dance floor with my friend from college, you know, (laughs) and like seeing everybody mix and mingle and like, you know, my mom hanging out with one of the Brits, one of Chris's, you know, just like seeing all the most important people in your life all come together and spend that time and enjoy and laugh and have fun. I mean, just, it's just such a special moment. I don't know if you'll ever have something like that ever Mm. again.
0: Yeah. I remember sitting in a bar, I, th- I think again in London with you and Chris and um, hearing him in particular talk about the wedding with so much like joy and passion and like he really dug the day that you guys had. Like yeah. it had such a great time and you could tell like both of you talked about it with so much like, like big smiles and the whole thing, but it seemed really meaningful. And I just thought it was just really lovely to hear like a bloke, kind of talking about his wedding and having yeah. his friends there and what it meant to him. and But then I guess that is kind of part of just who Chris is, really.
1: Oh yeah, he's a big sweetheart. Yeah.
0: And yeah, much better at
1: interviews than me. I It shocked <laughs> me because, like, socially, you know, I'm the one – work in the room, meeting everyone. And he kind of is like quiet and does his own thing. And then he's the opposite. You put a camera on him and he is so charismatic. He's so incredible. He really is. You know, you ask him a question, like what power? And I'm like, "Oh!" and then if I go into that freeze moment and then I just like, (laughs) I get so much anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. But like him, he blows me away. I can just watch him and he just boom, boom, boom. Like no problem. He's just so good at it. And then, yet, maybe different if someone in person just having a casual conversation asks him a question. That's, oh, here's my favorite. Kara, <laughs> we, have to call, we have to call maybe like Bank of America to be like, uh, hey, I just need to you know validate my credit card. And they'll be like, okay, give me your name. And then he just freezes and looks at me. I'm like, I'm the yelling <gasps> oh, in the background. Like, Chris, just say your name. You? Like, there's no question that you know your name. <laughs> and it's like he does this stuff and then he'll just start laughing and he'll get nervous. I'm like, you're on the phone with somebody. Just oh. tell you know your name. And that, Like the difference, that would be me in an interview, but like him, he'd be so great in an interview. And then just such a normal situation is when he would have social anxiety. It's really funny (laughs) how that works. It really is. Oh man.
0: Okay. Well, is there anything that you've dreamed about doing for a long time and haven't done yet?
1: (laughs) <laughs> I mean not too many things because I'm very much no. like let's go do it you know like
0: yeah
1: I went skydiving which I will never do again I was absolutely terrifying <laughs> and I cried and screamed I yelled Oof. omg the entire way down they have it on video where the skydiver is like <laughs> waving in the background and I'm just screaming the top of my lungs omg, omg 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 like all the whole entire flight down and then I landed and cried oh, so no. <laughs> I was like okay uh-huh. we we'll checked that one off we will never do that again um <clears throat> I don't know. Well, like a little, like I've never been to South America. I really want to go there, you know, yep. just like keep exploring, seeing, you know, obviously with COVID, everything took a pause of travel. Mm. So, um, what was the original question? What, something I want to do?
0: Um, yeah. Is there anything that you have always wanted to do but haven't done yet? God, I
1: honestly didn't so think there would be anything. Be anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say always if I wanted to go to South, South America, but I do right. at some point, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's such a, boring answer. Wow. Like, I do no, feel
0: like you live so, your life like that. Come on. I try to.
1: Yeah. I try to. I, I, really I don't, cool. yeah. I don't want to like think why didn't I, I definitely not that like, if there's an opportunity. And that was kind of like with the, like, the sponsorship that I'm in now, it was like, mm. I, at first I was like, oh no, 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 no. Like you said with the interview, I was like, no, 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 this isn't me. But then I was <laughs> like, why wouldn't I take this opportunity? Like if someone thinks of me that way, like why wouldn't I take an opportunity? For sure. And put myself on a limb. That's even like agreeing to do a podcast or an interview or whatever. Like I'm going to have to like, you know that's like go past your comfort zone and put yourself out there. Right? Like, why not? And if I'm sorry, where listened, are you
0: in the GPI right now?
1: Like, <laughs> like
0: know, come that's on, kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, how high right now? I don't even know what the number is today because I haven't just checked. I should have, but like I was number one yesterday. But yeah, that's wild. Like. <laughs> well, yeah, on the on the women's GPI too. But I mean, just oh yeah, and remember. in the
1: world, yeah, that's so nuts. Like eighty something in on. the world. I'm higher than Chris. I'm like, okay, what's up now? <laughs> okay, somebody else is paying for drinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's amazing like that is yeah that is
0: really something to be so proud of it just kind of gives me chills even talking about it I love that for you it just makes me super happy because I happen to think you're awesome thank you you.
1: I think you're awesome too
0: oh well thank you I appreciate that um that was actually our last question so
1: okay (laughs) oh my gosh I survived I survived I feel like I'm like shaking I'm so nervous (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> and then I'm probably going to re listen to this and be like, you talk so fast, you talk so loud, you were super awkward. I, I, don't, I probably won't be able to listen to this because I'm just so hard on myself.
0: Oh, I won't listen to it. So I completely understand if you don't, I still can't listen to these and I do them myself. So yeah, completely, completely understand, but totally valid that you should be doing like a ton of press and I hope you do more of it because you are really interesting and funny and have a lot of really good things to say. There's a lot to be learned from you. So I mean,
1: I think it's a good thing too because like you say you don't listen to yourself, but then every time I watch like your coverage or listen to your Heart of Poker podcast, I'm always like, she is so incredible. So this (laughs) is the thing, we have to give ourselves like, the great, like, I, I love that idea of talk to yourself that you would to a friend, you know, you'd never be yes. so harsh to a friend like that. So we have to be, learn to be kinder to ourselves as we mm-hmm. are to our friends. And I think it's such an important thing to remember. And, you know, every day yeah. I have to check in with myself. Like when I, when, you know, you feel that inner saboteur coming in being mean, it's like, Hey, <laughs> no, I'm fabulous. And let's not do that. So yeah, yeah. That's something we can all take away from that.
0: Yeah. I am going to take that away from this and I might even listen to it back. I'm not I probably won't, but (laughs) (laughs) we're like, we're going to change, but maybe not today. (laughs) today. I got a lot going on right now. And speaking of that, hopefully in the not too distant future, I will be seeing you in Vegas at the world series. And like I said, this is going to be airing while you're already playing. So, you know, best of luck for the entire series. I hope it is just
1: incredible for both you and Chris. I've already made a bet, you know, with a friend, oh, nice. I made okay. a bet that if whoever has uh, the biggest result in the month of June, like most, not cash's number, but like highest amount of cashs yeah, <laughs> I made this with uh, Asher Kanif. If, oh boy! If I win, he has to wear a tux to play. <laughs> and if he wins, he wants me to wear sweatpants or like oh something casual. <laughs> he's I like, can't even picture I know, that. I know. I know. I don't even own sweatpants actually. But oh my <laughs> he's like, I'm putting you in men's jeans and a hoodie. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Oh, so let's hope, that. Let's hope oh. that I do good because I don't want to come in sweatpants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't even picture that. Oh my God. I, know. I feel like secondhand, just, I don't even know what the word is for you right now. Just like dread of that. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Thank, thank you for you. opening up and like just being so game about all the questions. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And everyone at home, thank you for listening. I hope that you feel like, you know, the person behind the cards even better than you did before. And join me next time on the Heart of Poker sponsored by 8 8 Poker.